0: This episode contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. If you're
1: transgender or non-binary, you may find that your puberty experiences don't line up with your gender identity or how you see yourself. That feeling can be uncomfortable, scary, and stressful. If that sounds like you, know that you're not alone. There are medicines you can take to delay puberty blockers for a while. They're called puberty blockers, and they work like a stop sign by holding the hormones, testosterone, and estrogen that cause puberty changes like facial hair growth and periods. Puberty blockers are safe.
2: Today, I have my consultation with Dr. Titus Delitas herself, Dr. Gallagher. I'm Um, I'm so
0: excited.
1: Around the world, medical professionals are prescribing preteens puberty blocking drugs and recommending cosmetic surgical procedures to teenagers to transition them to the opposite gender. Now, although doctors performing these procedures proclaim their belief in the benefits of so called gender affirming care, they also stand to make a substantial profit off gender confused children and young adults. Is the medical industrial complex taking advantage of vulnerable children by offering them an untested cure all solution with dangerous side effects? I'm Sarah Gonzalez, and this is episode four of Exposed The War on Texas Kids.
2: Do you know how easy it is to completely change your body with hormones? I grew up within my first month of being on testosterone.
1: They tend to dance around the children more. They tend to get tipped when they're around the children more because parents are handing the children their money.
2: Why is it so necessary to constantly remind kids of the gender binary that we as a society literally made up?
1: Drag is an exploration of what gender can be. At the age of just 11, California preteen Chloe Cole got her first smartphone and began almost immediately using social media. Although she came from a stable household with two supportive parents, Chloe had almost completely unrestricted internet access and was soon very overwhelmed with sexualized content.
2: Almost as soon as I made my account, I was like, I just started seeing a bunch of, like, women in, like, skimpy clothes or with, like, unrealistic bodies, women who had, like, were wearing a bunch of makeup or they had work done on their faces or their bodies and i mean nobody really actually looks like that but i was i was just a kid so at the time i didn't really understand that and because i didn't match this ideal i started to wonder like is there something wrong with my body Now, not unlike most girls her age, Chloe had difficulty
1: fitting in, which meant she spent a lot of time seeking community on social media and was soon exposed to LGBT rhetoric, including transgender ideology.
2: With like the the LGBTQ, especially like the the trans stuff, it gave me this idea that I could just, there was actually an escape from growing into a woman. A little over a year later,
1: 12-year-old Chloe told her
2: parents she wanted to be a boy. They were actually quite supportive of me. They they loved me and they wanted to make me feel comfortable and figure out why I felt this way. And so my, my parents, they decided to seek professional help Thousands of
1: children and teenagers across the country have fallen down the same path as Chloe. After early exposure to highly sexualized content, kids often develop intense body image issues. And for those who have trouble making friends, low self-esteem combined with social isolation pushes them to find a solution to their unhappiness. For many, the LGBT corners of social media prove a safe haven. If they only accept radical gender ideology as truth and profess their commitment to social justice, they'll receive social approval and support. To fit in with their new communities, adolescents begin picking new sexual orientations and genders.
2: I actually posted about this online. I didn't have like a whole lot of friends in in person in middle school because, you know, I didn't I didn't really fit in. And as I as I began to transition, I actually was ostracized for a little bit, and. Um, the attention I got online for announcing that I was starting on testosterone, for the first time in my life, I, was, I felt like I was celebrated and accepted and that I was on, on the right path.
1: Unfortunately, these insecure, vulnerable children and their confused parents are the perfect prey for exploitive medical professionals looking to line their pockets. The medical community promotes gender-affirming care as the solution for individuals with gender dysphoria, which is the diagnosis given to those uncomfortable with their biological gender. Now, instead of waiting to ensure that the patient's gender is causing their emotional distress, doctors are increasingly diagnosing children and teens with gender dysphoria and recommending medical intervention. Now, according to Dr. Andre Van Moll, a board-certified family physician and co-chair of the American College of Pediatricians Committee on Adolescent Sexuality, some doctors actively promote radical gender theory, and some simply follow the crowd.
0: Well, we we refer to a, a certain class of individual as gender whisperers. So amongst the counselors will be those who push it. Amongst the doctors will be those who push it, and and so on and so forth. And it's the idea of a consensus that's driven by something other than free will conviction. You know, namely, it's a consensus of coercion. And people, you know, be be you a a teacher, an administrator, uh, you know, right on down the line, you have good reason to suspect that your job could be in jeopardy if you make a mistake on this. So if you're not on the bandwagon you know you're going to be brought up uh, before review before these you know so-called DEI departments supposed to stand for diversity equity and inclusiveness you know so the attitude of a lot of people is hey this isn't worth losing my job for you know I'm not going to be able to stand up against the juggernaut and so they just go along you know get along kind of thing
1: When Chloe's parents reached out to medical professionals for help, doctors quickly pressured them into letting now-teenaged Chloe take drugs to prevent her from going through female puberty and make it easier for her to pass as a boy.
2: They actually pretty much coerced my parents into allowing this. I mean, I started to seek um, blockers in hormone treatments because that was kind of the idea that I was given that this was that was like part of the course of transitioning. That it was a condition that had to be that had to be treated with medication, and that I wouldn't be happy without it. And they told that to my parents, but behind my back, they also said that, "Hey, if you don't affirm your kid, if you don't let her transition, then she has a, she's at a high risk of killing herself." And they pretty much given the whole, would you rather have a dead daughter or a live son?
1: But just one month after starting puberty blockers, Chloe began taking the male sex hormone testosterone, which, when taken by females, coarsens facial features, lowers voice pitch, and induces facial hair growth. Other side effects of sex hormones include infertility, blood clots, osteoporosis, cardiovascular issues and a risk of hormone-dependent cancers. Chloe, still under 18 years old, continued her medical transition and soon sought what LGBT activists call top surgery, which is the surgical removal of both breasts. All across the country, transgender individuals are seeking surgeries to alter their genitalia to appear like the opposite sex. The term top surgery is used to describe either the removal of breasts or the addition of breast implants, while bottom surgery describes any procedure to make an individual's genitalia resemble that of the opposite sex. gender hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus.
2: One of the most difficult part of the bottom surgeries of transgender is that immediately uh, the male or female is rendered sterile and if they want to reproduce later, they don't have the body parts to do that.
1: There's no such thing as the surgery. Some people need to have various kinds of surgery that help to reduce the distress and discomfort they feel about their body
2: the men it's obvious they no longer have testicles
1: they do not have a scrotal sac. The scrotal sac has been inverted uh, to help form the lining of the vaginal pouch. They no longer have a penis.
2: For my top surgery that was my first ever surgery of any type and it it was a pretty intense surgery. I mean go in there and remove something. When I woke up and realized it was done it was like literally like the weight had literally been lifted from my chest. I'm about two and a half years post-op and the top layer of skin is basically just not there. It's constantly like emitting this fluid that I have no idea what it is. I have no idea what is going on with this area of my chest and I'm just not getting any help with it.
1: And although doctors are pushing adolescents to undergo surgical procedures with permanent side effects, according to Dr. Van Moll, 85% of minors diagnosed with gender dysphoria identify with their biological sex by adulthood. So why are doctors recommending these procedures? In May 2022, investigative reporter Christopher Rufo released recordings of California doctor Scott Mosser admitting to performing over 2,000 double mastectomies. Now, according to Mosser's website, the cost of each procedure ranges from $8,500 to $10,000, meaning the surgeon has potentially made up to $20 million on transgender surgeries. These surgery side effects also create lifelong patients.
0: Once you've medicalized somebody, they're medicalized for the rest of their life. They'll never stop needing those cross-sex hormones. They will never quit needing. Uh, treatment for those possible complications that come with it if they engaged in surgery that has a complication rate and if they engage in further surgery more so yet and therefore any biotech firm that can come up with some widget that makes a biologic male look more like a female or vice versa it's all money in the bank and it goes on as long as that person's alive Chloe, who has since detransitioned
1: and now acknowledges her biological sex, is speaking out about the consequences of transitioning minors under 18 years old in hopes of ending the practice.
2: It's horrifying seeing history repeat itself over and over again. And it's being pushed now more than it ever has been. Just hearing that, like, they're, they're starting to push, they're starting to teach about this stuff in schools. It's starting to, like, move into every, every institution, whether it, whether it's medical or, like, educational. This, is, this, is, this practice of transitioning children permanently disrupts their healthy physical and cognitive development, and it needs to be stopped.
1: But is there a way to stop the sexualization and transitioning of children? Find out in the final episode of Exposed, The War on Texas Kids.
0: Exposed is a production of Texas Scorecard. Scorecard provides news and journalism you can trust. Go to texasscorecard.com today. This episode was edited by Drew Cook, written by Katie Drollinger, hosted by Sarah Gonzalez, and recorded by Luke Marshall.